Hello, friends, and welcome to the very first episode of our podcast, Allegedly Okay. I'm Amy. And I'm Rose. On our podcast, we'll be having conversations about our various struggles, whether that's awful relationships or growing up in a cult. We've been through a lot, but we're allegedly okay. (laughs) And we're educated with college degrees or whatever, so we'll try to add interesting tidbits when we can. Today, we're talking about periods, and not the punctuation, but the menstruation. So Amy, tell me about your experience with periods. One of my most embarrassing period stories was definitely in the sixth grade on the bus ride to school. I remember that day I had a really cute outfit on. At least in my mind, it was cute. I had my favorite light blue Hollister jeans Mm -hmm. and I just felt like that was such a vibe I said today was going to be my day you know (laughs) I will be cute today and then when I was getting off the bus walking towards my pre-algebra class to to Miss G this girl she taps me on the shoulder and she was like hey I think you have something on your pants and I was like what and I ran to the bathroom I ducked down look up my crotch and saw the huge red spot that my period left me. First, I was like, that's so rude. (laughs) And then I started panicking because I didn't want people to think that I was on my period. It's already bad enough that I was getting bullied for wearing my Bobby Jack t-shirts in middle school, but this would just be the icing on the bullying cake (laughs) if I do say so myself. So then I had this genius idea of wearing gym shorts over my jeans Mm -hmm. not not wearing just the gym shorts because I couldn't you know it's a fashion it's a fashion statement yeah I couldn't get rid of this whole outfit it was an outfit and wearing gym shorts only was not gonna cut it so then I said this is this is a good idea because I've seen a bunch of boys in middle school rock this I can rock it you know so I spent the whole day wearing my gym shorts over my jeans I was hoping no one would say anything and they didn't which I appreciated but I also felt like there was this unspoken vibe going on around people because I felt people were giving me looks like they knew what was (laughs) happening and they just didn't want to say anything about it so after that whole day I came home I walked home my mom saw me (laughs) in my outfit and she said what are you wearing and I, I just started bursting <laughs> out crying because I didn't want to relive the trauma. So then I said, <sighs> it really just be like that. It really just be like that. And yeah, that was one of the worst stories about my periods to this day. Mm. <laughs> what about you? Well, I don't have anything like that. Nothing embarrassing, just confusing. <laughs> Because I have four older brothers and my family isn't very talkative, so I didn't learn a lot of things until later. And I remember the first time I got my period, it was in seventh grade journalism. I went to the bathroom and when I looked down, there was just like this dark gunk on my underwear, but I didn't know what it was. And I didn't do anything. I hate that word, gunk. Why do you keep saying gunk? What is it? (laughs) Stuff? (laughs) That doesn't have the gravity (laughs) of gunk. Okay, okay, okay. 
continue. But anyway, so I didn't ask anybody for help because I didn't know that I needed help. <laughs> I just went about my day, read my little newspapers, and finished my assignments. And I was free bleeding for a few days without even knowing it until my mom, I guess, noticed the laundry. And I was replacing the toilet paper in the bathroom. And I saw, I guess, really thick pads that were for me. You're like, damn, this pad. <laughs> I didn't know they were thinner ones. I just thought they were all like that. <laughs> and my mom never told me that they were there or said anything else about it. And to this day, we still don't talk about our periods. It's just going through the world alone. <laughs> Did you think you were sick or something? I didn't even know to think, like, am I sick? <laughs> I was a teenager, you know. You made the decision about the shorts over your jeans. I made the decision to just keep living. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> moving on, since both me and Rose are somewhat scientists, based off of our Bachelor of Science degrees, mm-hmm. we thought it would be interesting to just explain to you what happens during your period. And I'm pretty sure you all remembered in sixth grade where they forced us to sit in a classroom <laughs> and explain to us what happens to our bodies. But obviously at the time, we're like, what, 12? We're not at the mental capacity <laughs> to want to learn about reproductive health, especially yeah. with a bunch of dumb boys oh, yeah. just sitting mm-hmm. around and saying, ew, <laughs> what do you mean, ew? <laughs> We're also learning about your body. You don't say it's going, ew. But it was still kind of ew. <laughs> that it, it's still ew to this day. Anyways, let's get into the science of it. And I'm not saying that this is what I remember from sixth grade. I literally just had to relearn all this information from my physiology final, so bear with me. I'm not going to go into too many details. I'm just going to get straight to the facts. So basically, during this time, your ovaries release estrogen and progesterone, which causes the inner lining of your uterus to build up. And our uterus does this because it's basically making a nice, comfortable bed for a fertilized egg. And if you decided that that you are not ready to have a fertilized <laughs> egg and you're just vibing and wanting to not be a mom yet, your body punishes you by... In the worst way. In the worst way. I said I wasn't going to use the snake reference, but I think it's so funny. It's basically, just imagine, like, you're a snake and shutting your skin. Except it's inside. Except it's inside of your body. And that tissue that's ripping away from your uterus, that's what happens. And basically, as I said, your body's punishing you for not wanting to reproduce. And that sucks. Yeah. And we have to deal with all of that somehow, so... We'll go through a really brief, brief history of period products and then talk about what people are using today. There aren't that many records of what people used since periods were and still are so taboo, but apparently people use things like wood and lint or even sea sponges like Tampa. <laughs> what do you mean sea sponges? <laughs> like the, <laughs> the sea creatures that live under the sea, like oh. the loofahs from the melons. What melons? There's a melon that you can, when it dries out, you can use it as a loofah. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. It exists, I swear. (laughs) So eventually, rags, towels, belts, and even rubber aprons became more popular. And menstrual cups were also invented pretty early on, but they were made of rubber and aluminum, which is not ideal to be up in there. Toxic. Yeah. (laughs) So 
since you mentioned belt, I thought it'd be interesting to mention a very incredible black female inventor who revolutionized menstrual pads with her invention of the sanitary belt. And since it's Black History Month, which I think should be every month, I thought it'd be nice to talk about her. So her name was Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, and as I mentioned, she came up with a sanitary belt. And back then, women were still using cloth and whatnot, like you said, <laughs> a minute ago. <laughs> so she came up with this idea to have this belt that it wraps around your waist, and then it has two clasps in or front, front and back, back <laughs> and it clips the fabric that you would use for your period and this was a good idea because back then they used they wore they didn't wear panties they wore stuff like bloomers bloomers (laughs) and whatnot so it was it was pretty common to stain your clothes I mean we're still staining our clothes now Mm -hmm. so imagine people back then anyways this product, she was able to ha- find people to pick it up off the market and distribute it. But then down the line, her company backed out because I guess there was something about finding out she was black. And unfortunately, this happened to a lot of black inventors and especially black women. Hopefully we can find out more about these women because I'm sure they contributed a lot to the things that we use today, including, but not limited to, pads, tampons, menstrual discs, cups, and underwear. So of course, of all of these, pads and tampons are the most accessible and available, but these have a giant environmental impact. And a lot of people don't actually properly dispose of their tampons or their pads. They flush them down the toilet. And that's not good for our friends downstream, like our sea friends. sponges, <laughs> the sea sponges, which we can use, <laughs> and the sea turtles, and the whale sharks, you know, all the chemicals and microplastics from uh, the products that people flush down the toilets can harm them. And in addition to that, the carbon footprint from the production, distribution, and the disposal of these products is really big as well. So if you can, I encourage you to switch to reusable products like menstrual cups and washable underwear. And it's kind of expensive up front since one cup or one pair of underwear is maybe $30. But you save a lot of money in the long term because when I used to use a box of tampons or pads each cycle every month, I spent probably $100 a year. But with my underwear and my menstrual cup, I think I spent maybe 150 with discounts and whatnot. I saved a lot of money, and I can keep using these products for, I don't know, however many years. (laughs) I guess we'll see, but I'm saving money. Let's check back in when you're going through menopause. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, now, I know what you're thinking. Why are we talking about periods for our first episode? And it's not just because we're both on our cycle, (laughs) coincidentally. We were just talking and complaining, as usual, about different things. And in this particular moment, we were just complaining about how BS it is that we're not allowed to talk about this in public when it's something that happens against the will of 50% of the population, you know? We're even afraid to talk to each other, other women, about our experiences. And how do I know this? Well, here's an example. When I go to the bathroom and I have to change my pad, there's this fear instilled inside of me to open the package and being afraid that everyone in the bathroom knows that I'm going through my period, even though probably most of the people in the bathroom 
also experiences this, you know? I'm opening it delicately, like I'm sneaking in chips in the bathroom, but... Even if you open the outside slowly, the peeling it off, that's still loud. (laughs) I know. So I've been trying to be more mindful in the bathroom and trying not to be ashamed about it and just going in there and ripping off the package (laughs) and say, yes, I'm on my period, get over it, because we all have to go through that. Mm -hmm. So then I started to think about why are we conditioned to think like this and I came to the conclusion that it's men <laughs> men men and don't don't come at us with the oh not all men blah 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 like shut up okay if you feel attacked by this then it's probably you that made us feel the way we do mm-hmm. and well as we mentioned earlier our moms didn't really teach us about the whole being on our periods and what we should do because who instilled this belief in them men yeah men <laughs> And again, I'm sorry if you feel attacked, but again, not really. Because if you do, that's on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. So then we start going further into the argument and saying, like, why are we getting tax on these products? I mean, as Californians, we don't, at least until the end of 2021. But according to our research, <laughs> at least 33 states in the U.S. still tax feminine hygiene products, which is a little BS to me because for what reason why are we getting tax for something so essential that we have to do every single month for half of our lives and it just sucks because some girls can't even afford menstrual products on their own and to add a tax on top of that it just doesn't make any sense you know thank you for telling me this earlier but you told me that menstrual hygiene products aren't actually covered by national food stamps and EBT. This problem has been even worse since the pandemic because a lot of us are losing money, we can't work, and it's even harder to buy everyday products. And this is just one of the many things that a lot of families can't afford. Organizations that provide hygiene products have even reported that there has been a significant increase, at least 30%, of women asking for menstrual products because they just can't afford it. And Although I'm not personally affected by it, I understand my privilege and you probably never understand what it's like to be in that kind of position until you're actually put in that position. So it really made me think, you know? If you can, please donate to organizations like I Support the Girls or local homeless shelters because they are always in need of period products. Well, I guess that's all for today. And our main takeaway, though, We should be allowed to talk about this more and end the cycle of shame when it comes to periods. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Allegedly Okay, where we are just going with the flow. Follow us on Instagram at Allegedly Okay for more updates. Bye! Bye!